It's 7 p.m. on a Wednesday afternoon. That means it's time for Community Spotlight, hosted by Coach Gunnell Presley. In Coach's absence this evening, we have none other than Mrs. Bernice Presley. Ms. Presley, you have the mic. As we continue our Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. birthday celebration, his 94th birthday celebration, we are honored to have as our guest tonight, a young man who possesses the qualities of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Our guest is Aaron Randolph, the son of Dr. Tommy and Athena Randolph. Aaron is a member of the 2006 North Florida Center of Excellence Championship Rainbow Team. Allow me to inform you that his mom was one of the coaches who were responsible for getting the championship here in Lake City. Aaron, tell the listening audience additional information so they will know how wonderful you are. They will know the outstanding dignitary who graduated from Columbia High School and doing a lot of things. He is really an outstanding youth role model. Aaron, you have bragging rights. At this time, the microphone, the microphone is yours. All right. Thanks, Miss. Thanks, Miss Presley, and hello to everybody that's listening. Um, as she mentioned, my name is Aaron Randolph. Um, currently, I, I live in Charlotte, North Carolina. I've been here for um, about five years now, and um, I moved here. I'm married. My wife, uh, beautiful wife Lizzie, and I uh, moved here back in 2017. And currently, I serve as the executive director and co-founder of an organization called the Carolina Youth Coalition. Um, it's actually a very similar organization to uh, a program that I was in when I was in Lake, living in Lake City and coming up through middle school and high school um, called McKnight Achievers and National Achievers Society. And the goal of our organization, the Carolina Youth Coalition, is to um, help minority and, and low-income students um, get admitted to best-fit colleges, find a way to pay for it through scholarships, and then we stay with them throughout their time in college to ensure they're getting internships and that they're getting jobs and not just leaving school with, with a piece of paper and, and that degree. And so um, I've been in this role uh, for five years now. Um, prior to that, um, I taught um, social studies as a middle school and high school social studies teacher. Um, and before that, got my degrees um, first at, at Cornell University in, in Ithaca, New York, and then um, at the Harvard Graduate School of, of Education. Um, I think one of the best parts of my job now is, is getting to be a mentor and role model to young people who um, I see the same potential in that people like Ms. Presley and, and others in, in my family and in uh, the community uh, that I grew up in um, saw in me. And they poured into me and they invested into me. Um, and so I get a chance to be that same example um, for young people today. So um, I couldn't ask for a better job and, and a better thing to wake up every day and do. So you mentioned uh, you mentioned my mother, uh, my late mother, um, passed away a few years ago. And uh, one of her um, favorite sayings, um, and this is a Bible verse, is, uh, to whom much is given, much is required. And so um, I do feel like, I'm giving back, but I'm also paying forward um, all that was, was given to me, um, not only by my parents, but as I've gotten older, I, I really uh, reflected on 
the village that helped me become the man I am today, whether that is teachers I had in school, um, coaches, um, people at church, um, family members. Um, I, I was fortunate to have that around me. And I, I think a lot of young people today um, may be missing that structure or that, that village, so to speak, um, and are trying to figure it out on their own. Um, one of the things we talk to our kids a lot about is, is show me your friends and I'll show you your future. And so I think for a lot of people that I, a lot of young people I talk to, I think the first step to success, in addition to how hard you work and, and your goals and dreams individually, is um, who do you surround yourself with? Do you surround yourself with people who are going to challenge you and motivate you and push you to become the best version of yourself? Um, or do you surround yourself with people who may be negative influences um, and are are going to become obstacles for you to reach your full potential? And so um, that's something I always like to talk to young people about, just to reflect on um, who they're surrounding themselves with um, and the influences they're allow they are allowing to play in in their life. Um, so a little bit about just the organization um, that I work with. So we currently have um, 200 high school students in our program. Uh, we have about 120 uh, college students. Our goal really is to help students get into school and through school with as little debt as possible. Um, so we've been fortunate the last, we'll be five years old in February. Um, over the last five years, we've helped students earn about $45 million in scholarships um, and almost three quarters of those students are attending college completely debt free. Um, so knowing how expensive college is, particularly um, Florida is fortunate um, to have, you know, state sponsored scholarships um, to go to public schools. North Carolina is not. And so um, school paying for school is, is a little more difficult here in North Carolina. And so for our students to be able to go to school debt free or close to it is a huge, um, bonus for not just them but their family and the generations who are going to benefit from them going to school and, and, and doing well. Um, our organization is fortunate, so we are um, not only doing great work in the community, but we're also a partner of uh, the Jordan brand um, and the Charlotte Hornets. So um, one of the things I've gotten really passionate about is how do we make academic success or career success just as cool for young people to want to aspire to as athletic success. I grew up an athlete, um, as you all are listening from Lake City and Columbia County. Obviously, um, football is it's huge there, and, and I, I love football and all that it provided for me and even played a role in, in terms of which colleges I went to. But um, I think sometimes we overlook those students who are our academic all-stars and we don't provide them with the same level of not only support, but appreciation um, and uh, praise that we provide to athletes. And so within my organization, especially um, through that partnership with, with Michael Jordan's foundation and the Hornets, uh, we're able to do some really cool things to um, not only just motivate students, but to make, academic success cool and something that students can feel like I can reach for that and I can be celebrated for it and I can um, be seen as cool for, for doing these 
positive behaviors and, and um, doing well in school. So um, that's one of one of the cool things about our organization, and um, that led me to uh, the the award that I that I got yesterday as well. The award that you got yesterday. Now, before you tell us about that award, I might have missed this. You are the founder of this organization, right? The organization you're yes, talking I'm about. That I'm you, the, yes. I'm the co. Right, I'm the co-founder, so I have a um, just one other person who helped me get it off the ground. But I'm the executive director, so I I work and lead the organization on a day-to-day basis. Okay, exactly. Now, is that organization it, that organization only serves the ones in your state or in your uh, county, or is it statewide? Right now. So right now we're just in Charlotte, and it's actually um, it's actually an offshoot of an organization I, that I worked for um, about six years ago when I lived in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, for a while, um, called the Baton Rouge Youth Coalition. And so um, when I moved to Charlotte from Baton Rouge in 2017, um, I had a chance to just through. Uh, honestly, God's grace and some stars aligning to get some funding to um, be able to replicate a similar organization here in Charlotte and and introduce this program to this community. Very good, very good. Now, you were about to tell us about an award that you received. Did it have anything to do with this organization, or you you were awarded something just because you're an outstanding dignitary? Tell (laughs) us about the award. Um, (laughs) The award was um, the award was given by the, uh, the Charlotte Hornets, so the basketball team here, um, and it was the uh, the Social Justice Power Forward Award, which is um, given to people who are doing work in the community um, to push forward um, justice and equal opportunity um, for people in the Charlotte community, and so as part of my work in leading our organization. Um, they presented that to me at the basketball yes at the basketball game yesterday. Um and got to do some other cool things with, with some of the players on the team. But um it I don't do the work for recognition but it is it is good to be recognized for um the work that I'm doing, for the work that our organization is doing and to put us on a platform where more people can see it and support and be able to contribute to the organization too. Okay, so you were recognized at this big game. When when was the yeah. game? It so was the, the game was it? yesterday. On on TV. Game, national um, TV. It it was it wasn't on national TV. It was on. I, I I'm pretty sure folks in North Carolina could see it, but um, I don't think it was on national TV. Unfortunately, Boston won. So. Yeah, right. and I congratulate you for a Lake City, a little Lake City person. I, I was going to say it was it was special as well because um you know it was it, it was obviously um Martin Luther King Jr day yesterday um and so yes. um they they had several things honoring him throughout the city and um even at the the game they had several tributes to him so I think to get the award on that day um and to I I think of Dr King's legacy in terms of just what he fought for with with justice and equality and, and opportunity, and I hope that you know the work that we're doing in our organization um, pays homage to that legacy and follows in those th- same footsteps. So um, that's that was an, a, a, another special part of it as well. 
I hope, you know, I hope I live my life in a way that would be an example for, for others to follow. Absolutely. Um, and ultimately, like, I have a lot of pride in where I'm from and um, what I guess the old saying is know, know who you are and, and know whose you are. So I have also a lot of pride in, in whose I am and um, want to make sure that I that I make that proud as well. You know, last time I was I was home and I also, you know, I don't know how to, how students are listening to this program, but if anybody wants to connect with me through email, I can we can make that happen too. Um, you know, last time I was home, Miss Presley, I got a chance to um, meet a young man at the high school who uh, was um, is currently a senior, um, is playing football, um, super bright kid. Um, I, I believe he is in the running for either valedictorian or salutatorian. Um, and just got a chance to talk with him because I, I had a classmate of mine who's now coaching at Columbia High School, um, Anthony Newton, connect me with, with this young man because he was interested in going to to an Ivy League school. Um, and Anthony knew that, um, you know, that's where, where I went to college. And so um, it was uh, cool for, for me and I, I think – something I was proud of just to be able to sit down with him and share um, my experience um, and hopefully give him some, some words of wisdom and tips as he goes through his, not only, I guess, football recruitment process, but admissions process. Um, And I'm always willing and more than um, happy to share any of that knowledge uh, with with any young people that uh, might think, hey, I might want to go this route, or hey, I might want to um, look into going to this particular school, um, or even just have questions about going to college and that whole process in general. Because it, it is it is, it is, is complicated, and, um, you know, oftentimes I think students miss out on a lot of opportunities that they otherwise would be great fits for just from not knowing about them or not knowing who to connect with or, honestly, not having anybody – to tell them, hey, you can be great, you should go for it, you should try for it, right? Um, and so that's why I mentioned that village at the beginning because I had, I was fortunate to have people in my life who um, pushed me and, and challenged me um, to be the best version of myself that I can. Um, what What was your... Um, Miss Presley used to always tell us, um, you are somebody special. <laughs> and I think about that as hearing that is almost just important as, you know, do you know how to do calculus or, you know, do you understand biology or can you write well, et cetera. I think how you how you feel about yourself and how you um, view yourself a lot of times can be, just as important as what you're able to do. And so, like, just having that confidence allowed me um, not only to flourish when I was young, but I go in spaces now. I I think I was telling, actually, um, my friend uh, Anthony this last time I was home, but I'm I'm able to go into spaces now with CEOs of, you know, Fortune 100 and Fortune 50 companies and, 
other executives and spaces where there may not be a lot of folks that look like me um, in the room um, and feel like I belong there and know that, like, I have a place there and that I can compete with anybody. And a lot of that is what I've done in my career, obviously, but also just those people that helped build me up along the way. So anytime I can help build up other young people, that's um, that's what I get excited about. There's tremendous impact on a lot of young people's lives. And so I think um, that also just goes to show you, you never know uh, the impact that, that you can have on, on a person or a place. Um, I think, one of the things that we should all strive to do, and I, this is probably, I think this is in keeping with, with Dr. King's legacy, is leave, how do we leave places better than we found them um, in some way, whether that is our schools, whether that is work, whether that's our family, church, et cetera, um, even the, the smallest um, acts of kindness or um, checking in on somebody, listening to someone, giving somebody a compliment. Um, you never know what, what other people are going through. And um, those things really, really do make a difference. I, I think just as a whole, as a, in the world right now, we could all um, stand to just be more kind to one another and show more love to, to one another. And I think that's something that's really missing um, in our societies is is love and just how we treat one another. Um, so I I think I try to I try to do that um, as much as I can. And um, I I appreciate you saying I'm doing a good job. <laughs> yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you, Aaron. Now some of the students have told me that the problem now with young people is they want a sounding board. They want somebody to listen to them. What do you mm-hmm. think what do you think might make things better for the young people? Um, or am I asking yeah, the right I, question? It's it's interesting because in a in a way because of social media, I think young people have um as big a platform to reach other people and to express their ideas and to vocalize their opinions as, as ever before. Um, they can have conversations online or they can join um, social movements or whatever it may be, all literally from, from the palm of their hand. Um, I think, though, there's not really a substitute for human interaction and having someone that um, cares about you uh, that you know that has your back and is in your corner um, outside of social media. Um, Because unfortunately, a lot of what we see on social media, we see everybody's best, right? We see um, their awards, their accolades. We see them going on vacation. We see the family pictures where everybody's dressed up and and that all looks good. But in a way that's not real life. We don't see either the hard work that people are putting in. We don't see 
um, the trials or, or obstacles that they're going through um, behind behind all of that. And so it can make us feel, I know a lot of people feel as if, well, I'm not, I may not be doing enough with my life or I don't have such and such or I'm not, you know, I don't have this many followers or, or whatever. But um, to some extent, I think a lot of that is not real and, and, and not real life. And so um, I would say to any young person, and this is something we talk to students in our program about, is you have to be intentional about finding your community. And this goes back to kind of that quote I was saying earlier about show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Um, it may not always be right in front of you, but there is always a, whether it's a group of people, whether it's just another person, um, put yourself in environments where you can surround yourself with, with positive people who are going to uplift you and motivate you and um, encourage you to, to be your best and, and not the opposite. Um, and I think you'll find that from there um, things will fall into place and you can also be that for, for other people. So um, I, I think it's, I, I don't envy a lot of young people because I know, I feel like it's, it's harder to grow up now than, than ever before. Just the distractions they have, the things that can get them in trouble and just everything that they have at their fingertips that in some ways when I was growing up and when people who were older than me were growing up, didn't really have access to all of those things to even to get in trouble. So um, I empathize with, with what they're going through, but um, I think it's, it's really about finding your community and finding your um, support system. Very good. Very good. Now, Aaron, let's go back to the organization that you you are the co-founder of. Mm-hmm. Now, do you uh, have opportunities where you meet with the with all of the ones that are being that are benefiting from it? Uh, do you know you have some kind of meeting with them? Or how how do you stay in touch with them? How does it work? So, um, in our high school program, we have grades nine through twelve. And um, it's a pretty high-touch program. So for 10 months out of the year, basically the school, the whole school year, um, we have a, a building that they come to called our Youth Union, um, which uh, they come to once a week. Every, um, every student will come to once a week um, for a couple of different designated programs, depending on what grade they're in. So... We're doing anything from um, ACT prep to we have writing classes to um, we have discussions about um, different issues around diversity and um, social issues. Um, and then we have counselors there who are trained, um, particularly in the college admissions process, to help them with applying to college, finding scholarships, um, figuring out, you know, what major they want to do. Um, and really, I, I would say it starts early. So this is something I, I learned from my parents, and I hope there's any parents out there that they would probably um, take this um, as well. Um, you know, 
the process of if you want your child to go to college, if that's something that they desire, um, I don't really think you can start too early in terms of thinking about it, whether that's how you are saving money or um, obviously making sure that they are making the best grades possible, but even exposing um, students to different types of campuses and colleges. So uh, one thing that, that my parents would do a lot is, like, we would go on vacation different places, but if there was ever an opportunity to visit a college campus while we were in that area, um, we did that. Um, and just so you could get exposed to it and, and understand what that's like and know what you like about it, know what you don't like about it. And, and, and that way, by the time you get to be a senior in high school, um, you've been exposed to enough to make a to make an informed decision, um, and so we we really work on a lot of early exposure with our students. So starting even in, in ninth grade, um, they're starting to learn everything about the college process, everything about the higher ed system. So the different types of degrees, different types of colleges, um, understanding all of the options that they're going to have ahead of them and what it takes to um, get on those different pathways. Um, something that I really reflect on growing up in Lake City, so obviously Columbia High School produces a lot of um, football players um, that play in college and have played in the pros as well. And so if you are a young man who's playing football at Columbia High School and you are a ninth grader, um, you don't have to look very far to see an example of what a Division One football player looks like because you can look across the practice field, and I'm sure somebody on varsity is going D1, and you have a sort of a measuring stick. You know, that's how strong I need to be. That's how fast I need to be. That's how many tackles I need to make or points I'm scoring, et cetera. Um, we don't always have that same thing in an academic sense. So the kid who wants to be a surgeon or wants to be an engineer or wants to be a chemist or wherever it may be, because Lake City is so small, you don't always have that um, example. And Charlotte is, is the same. Um, a lot of the kids we work with don't necessarily have those examples. And so we connect them to folks who, um, they call it social capital, folks who have that experience and, and relationships in those areas and really make sure that they don't miss out on opportunities for lack of exposure, um, that they know what's available to them and that they have the right resources um, to reach those goals. Very good. Now, I probably missed this in your introduction. Where do you get your funding from? So um, most of our funding right now, uh, I would say about 80% comes from uh, corporate grants, uh, corporate funding. Um, so Charlotte has a really big um, corporate presence. I think there might be nine or ten Fortune 500 companies who have headquarters in Charlotte. So um, obviously they're always looking to um, support things in the community. Um, we also get a good bit of funding from um, private family dollars. So um, there's a lot of just very wealthy families in Charlotte who have foundations um, that give away a lot of money. So, for example, um, 
the Levine Foundation is one here in Charlotte. Levine is the family that um, started uh, Family Dollar, the, the store. Um, and so we get funding from them. And then outside of that, uh, we ask individuals um, to give. That's a smaller part, part of our funding, but um, we do have um, a good number of individuals who, who give um, what they can as well. Very good, very good. Now, you mentioned one, I think you used the word volunteer. Mm-hmm. Um, the volunteers, I mean, well, no one, the staff members, let's go back to the staff, the staff members are volunteers or do they get paid? Or I won't ask I, about I you, paid. so that's personal. <laughs> I won't ask about I mean, how I, you I'm, get I'm, I get paid as well. Yeah, you know, I get, I get oh. paid as <laughs> well. Um, okay. Yeah, we have uh we have eight eight full time staff members on in our organization. Um and then even with that, so we have basically a program director for each grade in high school and then we have two who work with our college students, but even with that it comes out to about fifty students, fifty, sixty students for every program director that we have and we're continuing to grow. Um, We actually only had, in 2018 when we started, we had 40 students total. Um, This, as of right now, we have about 320 students total in the program. So we're continuously growing. Um, Our staff members can't provide the individualized level of support and guidance that they need to all the students that we have. And so what we do is we recruit um, volunteers from the community Um, all different ages. Um, Typically, they have a college degree and are at least have started their career, but we have some folks who are just out of college. We have some folks who are retired and everywhere in between. And basically, we train them on the college uh, application process. And so they learn um, basically how to be a college admissions counselor, and, and we match them up with one of our students to be a one-on-one guide throughout the process. Um, and it's a it's a great learning experience for them, but also, you know, through that relationship that they have with their mentee, um, a lot of times the students are getting exposed to different jobs and different connections and um, really able to start to build their network even before they leave high school. Um, so we, we have volunteers who mentor. We have volunteers who do tutoring. We have volunteers who read, um, you know, application essays and scholarship essays, um, wherever we can find folks to plug in um, and and help our students, we try to. Very good, very good. Now, you mentioned ninth, ninth through 12th, but I don't think you said anything about uh, the students who are in college. Is this program for the yep. students who are in college? Uh, we you have, might have said right. that so I mentioned once they graduate high school, um, we stay with them and, and they become. So we have, we call our students fellows. So when they're in high school, um, they're part of what we call our Torch Fellows Program. And then once they graduate high school um, and matriculate to college, they become part of our College Fellows Program. And the reason we have a college program is um, a lot of people don't realize um, getting students, particularly students who are the first in their family to go to college, into college is not um, the end goal. Um, 
that's part of the way, but really half the battle is how do you keep students enrolled in school and graduating on time? And so our college fellows program is focused on that, making sure, um, you know, they transition well to campus, they're utilizing campus resources. For a lot of our students, and I'm sure there are some, some folks in Lake City that can attest to this. I know I've, I went through this when I first went to college, but um, it's a shock to the system for a lot of kids when you go from, you know, maybe you were top 5% of your high school or you were one of the top, you know, five students in your high school, and then you go to a college um, and suddenly you're just kind of middle of the pack. Um, the thing, the subjects you used to didn't have to study for in order to do well, now you're struggling in, um, and so you got to be willing to ask for help, even though you've never asked for help before. And so all those things we help our students with, particularly in that first year transition to make sure um, that they make it through that first year in good standing. From there, it really transitions to how do we help them maximize their college experience? So, again, getting into college is only half the battle. There's so many opportunities for students to leverage different experiences and relationships while they're in college to set themselves up for career success after college, but you have to know you have to be intentional and know these things going in. So whether it's doing study abroad programs, whether it's doing research opportunities with different professors, whether it's getting internships, um, all of those things are part of your college education and college experience in addition to going to class and doing well. And sometimes, many times probably, those things are more important when you graduate um, in terms of being able to have a network um, that you can leverage to find that first job and start your career. Um, so we, we help students with that, make sure that they um, are taking advantage of all those different opportunities. Um, and then this May we'll have our first graduating college cohort. So we're already helping students um, who are graduating college this spring um, apply to medical school, apply to PA school, um, and um, secure jobs after after college. So we don't stop once they get in into college. We follow them um, all the way through to to make sure um, make sure that they not only finish but that they start their career, start graduate school on a good foot. Very good. Now, what's your success rate? The one, in other words, you don't have anybody dropping out. They they stay with you until we. They have a, we've had a few. Um, so we don't have any. This will be our first class graduating, but um, ninety-six percent of the students that we have enrolled in college um, have remained in college and are on track to graduate. Um, so we've we've had a few who haven't remained in, enrolled, um, but ninety-six percent who have and are are doing well and are on track to graduate um, on time. So especially considering our first graduating class was the high school class of 2019. So their first year in college um, would have been disrupted by COVID. And every class okay. after that was disrupted by COVID, um, which uh, that may look a little different depending on what state you're in, but um, I think 
I think we're pretty proud of the fact that almost, you know, almost 100% of kids who we've enrolled during this time, especially given those challenges, have stuck with it and remained enrolled and are on track to graduate. You have done an excellent, you and your staff have done an excellent job. I am just so overjoyed. I am so proud of what you're doing, Aaron, you know, and to be a product of Lake City, Columbia County, Columbia High School, Brainbow Team, teaching of the community, teaching of your parents. We are just so proud of you. Do you know that you're helping this to be a better world? And our, oh, you started to say something. See, anytime you want to jump in, jump in. I'm trying. I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> you're doing an excellent uh, job. I think you know. I talk to my my dad a lot. I think I think it's interesting because, um, particularly in this work, there's always there's always more kids you can help. There's always more problems you can solve. Um, and so you you got to kind of you can. You do what you can for as long as you can, um, and and hopefully that that makes an, an impact. And I I think we are. Oh, okay, excellent, excellent job. Now go on and tell us something about your success story because, as I said, this is your night, Mr. Aaron Randolph, Professor Aaron, Randolph, <laughs> wonderful Aaron Randolph. Understand it? I can put a lot of things in front of your name. And you, 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 <laughs> you fit it perfectly because you have opened the doors for so many people tonight. Just listening to your motivation, that has opened a lot of doors. That have opened a lot of minds, and you're gonna have a lot of people who's gonna be doing more things now. Yeah, so I, go I on and so. talk. I, and I'll, I'll share too with you, Miss um, Presley. As you were talking about volunteers, um, actually had a. Uh, Another classmate of mine, um, actually he was a year older than me at, at Columbia High School. Um, we're on LinkedIn um, together, and uh, I actually didn't know he was following me, but um, he reached out to me maybe a month or so ago um, and just said that he was um, inspired by seeing the work that I was doing. Um, he actually lives in Lake City, but wanted to figure out a way um, that he could be involved, and so um the company that he works for actually has a presence in North Carolina. So he is um, connecting us to his company. Um, hopefully that will lead to um, some internships for some of our students here as, as well as some, some funding per, potentially. But I think that's um, I think that's the goal is good. Good work, I think, is, is contagious. When people see something positive happen, they they want to be a part of it, and it just continues to to build on itself. Um, and so, always, you know, going back to the beginning, I think I'm a, I'm a product of a lot of good work um, that was done by other people, and that was um, put on me, and I'm I'm just paying that for it. Wow, I am just. Aaron, I get, if you could just see my face right now, <laughs> I'm smiling. This is just so great, and you're making a difference. But, you're a young person. Okay, you want to say, go on. Well, I'm, Anytime I'm, you want to I'm jump 30, in, because I, I, you what? I'm I'm 33 now, so. Um, Age is just a number, Mr. Aaron Randolph. 
It is. Dr. Professor Amy, Amy age is just a number. <laughs> That's all. Just a number. You just 32 I'm, or 33. I don't give you I'll, one year old. Age is just a number. Okay, now go on. You're right. I was um, actually talking to my wife a couple of days ago because I'm old enough to watch sports now and hear people uh, talk about athletes who are my age and describe them as too old. So I feel like I'm... I'm getting up there a little bit physically, but mentally, um, I think the things that I've learned, um, I definitely wouldn't wouldn't trade that. And so that I think that was an, that was another thing that I took. Um, a lot of times, when I met with the the young man at, at Columbia High School, I was mentioning earlier. Um, a lot, usually, the first question if I tell them I went to Cornell or Harvard is, um, is it difficult or is it hard? Um, and I think the only way I could describe it is it is it's, you have to you have to rise to the occasion. So um, I I really struggled with it at first. I think um, I remember my first calculus class. Um, I took AP calculus in twelfth grade. Um, thought I would be ready for calculus when I got to college and we covered everything I knew about calculus in probably the first two weeks. And after wow. that it was uh uh <laughs> after that it was just hold on hold on for, for dear life and, and survive. But um I learned I had to study different I had to actually do all the reading. I had to I had to prepare different for my my classes, and so by the time I got to graduate school and got to Harvard, I was just used to a certain level of academic rigor and and um, challenge, and so it wasn't. It may have been hard if you weren't used to it, but by that point, I got used to it, and so um, I think what I what I took from that too is like although we stopped going to school, we're always learning um and we should always really be lifelong learners i've probably and i'm sure most adults can attest, i've probably learned more since i've been out of school just through reading books or reading articles watching youtube videos whatever it may be um than i learned in school and so just because we graduate doesn't mean we have to stop learning um that's right I, I'm that's a good point Aaron. Repeat what you just said. Just because, yeah, repeat just what you because said. We finish, just because we finished school doesn't mean that we stopped learning. Very um, good. I think we're always in a continuous process to better ourselves, to um, continue to discover new new things that we like, new interests. Um, I particularly, like I've always, um, you mentioned the, the history and culture rainbow team, like I've always loved history, so um, that's one thing that, like, as I've gotten older, um, that I continue to do, and it's even it's even better now because I get to read the history that I want to read, not what I'm assigned by the teacher. Um, that's right. We know sometimes what's allowed to be taught in our schools is not not the complete story. So um, that that's that stuff that I've 
kind of gravitated to um, since uh, since I've graduated. I had a chance, and I would, if anybody's listening, um, has not been to this particular destination, I would definitely encourage you to go and, and take your family. Um, back in November, I had a chance to go to a conference at uh, the Equal Justice Initiative in uh, Montgomery, Alabama, that's led by uh, Brian Stevenson. So. Some of you may know Brian Stevenson from the movie uh, Just Mercy in the book Just Mercy. Um, he is a uh, criminal criminal defense attorney who um, helps people who have been wrongly accused um, in 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 the criminal justice system, and they have a museum there um, called the uh, Justice Memorial um, that really talks about the history of black people in America um, and there's a particularly powerful part of it that is a, a lynching memorial um, and so I really that I found that that was like because I love history and just love learning about those things that was probably one of the more um, impactful museums or experiences that I've, I've been to and something that you, you won't forget I in that lynching memorial. Have you been, Miss Preston? No, I have you know not, but I'm thinking I'm learning from you. I, would, I have not been um, there. I would definitely say go, um, you know, in the lynching memorial, what they've done is documented all of the um, known lynchings of, of black Americans um, in this country. And so you can um, see on these large, they have these large stone tablets written out by every state and county. And so um, naturally you go typically go to the county that you're from or the area that you're from. Um, and so to see Lake City or to see Columbia County rather and even some of the surrounding counties, Swanee, um, Hamilton, et cetera, um, with some pretty long lists, um, I think it gives you just some perspective on um, – I think how fortunate I am to be where I am today, given where the people I come from once were. And so yeah. when you when you put it in that perspective, like I think we have, you have no choice but to continue to try to better yourself and better those around you, um, because that's that's the only way that. Um, that we got from that point to to where we are now. So um, all that to say, I I think it's important that particularly our young people, I know that like teaching history right now is a, a, I guess a sensitive topic, but um, I think it's important that we understand like who we are and where we come from. and, and, And that really does have a, an impact on how we see our future and, and what's possible for us as well. That's right. I'm glad you shared that. I have one daughter who's, um, for some reason, she, she's she been um, pursuing this, this topic of lynching. And she found recently that our my great-grandfather was lynched. And they also give the reason why. You know the reason that they gave was that, what was that? he talked 
he talked too much. They lynched my great grandfather because they have on that he was lynched because he talked too much. So when you mm-hmm. mentioned lynching, I thought about the fact that she's been uh, she decided to do some study on a uh, on lynching in different areas of the mm-hmm. country. And then, as I said, you know, she found out about my great grandfather. Yes. That's interesting. Yes, oh. very interesting. Yeah. That that brings me to my 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 other my next topic on, on that piece while we're on history is um if I could also that's my recommendation if anybody um I love I've been to the museum in DC the African American History Museum at the Smithsonian um it's a absolutely phenomenal um I would recommend going but if you get a chance I I think the the memorial that's in, in Montgomery is um, is just as powerful as, or even more powerful, perhaps. Um, the other that I'm that I'm on right now is I'm I'm learning more about, um, you know, like when we learn about civil rights movement movement, or we learn about different eras in, in history, particularly Black history. There's uh, kind of we get stuck on kind of the same few people. And there was a an activist that I used to hear my grandfather father talk about um, that it really didn't register with me until a few years ago just how impactful um, this person was. And they were right here from the state of Florida. And so um, I've been learning a lot recently about um, Harry T. Moore, who was um, actually the first civil rights activist who was assassinated? Uh, so uh-huh. long before, uh, long before Dr. King and, and the work that he did, um, he and his wife were educators um, and were vocal about particularly voting rights and also equal teacher pay for for black teachers. And so, me having an education background, that was something that I was really interested in. But um, the name of the book that I'm I'm reading on him right now is called Before His Time and I think that's that's definitely appropriate given a lot of the stuff that he was he and his wife were advocating for this is mm-hmm. back in the forties, fifties. Um those are a lot of the same struggles that in some ways we're still fighting today. So with Black History Month coming up, especially if you get a chance to anybody gets a chance to read about Harry T. Moore wants to learn about someone that um, maybe gets overshadowed a little bit when we talk about the civil rights movement, I, w- I would definitely recommend that book. Thank you so much. You know, it's so much that that our, that our children can learn. And with them tampering with what should be read or what should not be read, it's mm-hmm. on a setback for them. But we as a community can do more. We can well, do more I, to educate. They're like you. Okay, go on. I I didn't realize this till I went to college, but I think we were um, by being in was it? I don't know if it was national TV. I think it was national TV by that point. By the time I was in high school, but um, a lot of the books that we were reading, um, James Baldwin especially, but a, a lot of the books that we were reading for the um, brain history and culture brain bowl team, I don't know that we would have ever read those in school. And actually, I got to college, and a, and a lot of my 
um, like African-American studies classes um, that I took, we were reading some of those same books that we had already read um, and some of those same authors that we had already read on the history and culture team. So I'm glad I got that exposure early. And I think it makes me also reflect on how many people don't get exposed to um, that type of literature and that type of perspective on our history. Um, and I think that's something that probably a lot of young people especially miss out on if if we only rely on the school system to, um, to teach our kids and not as a community um, teach our own history. You know, Aaron, if, the, if these children knew more about their history, they would have more self-pride, you know, mm. because when you when you hide their history, you can kind of control them because they don't know how important they are. Mm. And see, that's why things like Rainbow, National Achievers, and all that, it should really blossom a lot in these communities because they're taking it out of the schools because they want mm-hmm. the students to feel as if they're inferior. Students need to know, the students that look like us need to know that they are very, very important. They have done this, and it, like you know about Harry T. Moore, a lot of students don't know about that. A lot, but see, right. on the brain bowl, we cover just so much. But it should be more than just brain bowl exposing these children to their heritage. They should be more I than do. that. Yeah. And they will feel better about themselves. They really would. But, you know... Well, and I, I think, too, it's hard to, um, I don't think you can fully understand, I, I feel like in our country it's been a, a, now, it hadn't been the worst it's ever been, but just the last, you know, three or four years, it's been a pretty, um, we'll say, turbulent time. Um, but it's hard to understand why we are at the point we are as a country without having that background as well. So I, I think it knowing that history helps you make sense of you individually and having that pride and where you come from, but also just helping you make sense of the world that we live in and that we have to navigate um, every day also. Very good. Now, Erin, I think our time has almost expired but I, you've done an excellent job, a super job. So I want you to have any kind of closing remarks you would like at this time. You can go on and elaborate, but I think you cannot exceed more than two minutes unless my clock is not right. Okay, so anything, anything <laughs> uh, you would like that, to say? Right? Um, I would just encourage everybody, uh, you know, as we close up, Dr. Uh, Martin Luther King's birthday, and um, I think we should all think about, you know, what what our legacy is and what is the legacy we're leaving behind, um, and let that let that guide our actions. And if if we can all um, do something to make whatever space we're in um, better than we found it, I, I think the world will be a better place, and we'll all be better off for it. Very good, Aaron. Is that it? Okay. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> now, it has I, been I'll an honor. If, any, if, 
um, our website, you, if you want to follow our organization or learn more, um, you can go to www.carolinayouth.org. CarolinaYouth.org. Um, we're also on www.carolinayouth.org. Okay. Okay, very good. And we shall follow that. We should really follow that, and we appreciate that. We appreciate the knowledge that you have given us. And I think I gave you an opportunity to do a closing closing remarks, but anything else you would like to say before our time expires? Uh, I think we have about a second or two. I just thank you. Thank you, Ms. Presley, for the opportunity, and I appreciate you having me come on. Well, it has been an honor for you to come on for us. We We must thank you. We must thank you for the expertise. We're glad that you took time from your business schedule to give us this little time. Thank you, Aaron Randolph. And as I said earlier, thank you for being new because no one else qualifies. Thanks to your parents who have been who were your first teachers. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your brother and your sister and all of them who made a difference in your life. And thank you again for you, Aaron, because they gave you a push and you kept going. You going, 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 going. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen of the whole world, we heard it. We heard it from the best. And I'm sure right now you have gotten smarter than you were when the conversation started. And thank you, Aaron. And any time you can be some any kind of uh, benefit or you can suggest anything to Columbia County, and I'm sure that the students listen, and I'm sure that on tomorrow they will be different here in the Columbia County because of you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Absolutely, no problem. Okay, then. And good night. <laughs>